This is the Dynasty Strategy Hub Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ferraro. Here's my co-host, Dave Sanders. Our goal in this podcast is to focus on the strategy aspects of Dynasty football. We want to provide a great resource of easy-to-digest pods with some great people from the fantasy industry. Dave, why don't you introduce our guest this week? This week, we're thrilled to welcome on Luke Patrick and Matt Goodwin of Reality Sports Online. This is part two of their interview where we focus more on general fantasy. If you want to check out part one, that was a little bit more Reality Sports Online focused. So here's part two of our interview with the guys. If we you know, jump 10 years from now to 2029, what's one change or feature that you think becomes the norm in fantasy? I know recently it's become, you know, PPR became the regular maybe like five years ago. What else do you think could change over time? Uh, this like really appeals to the nerd and the sci-fi of me, but I think, so I actually think it's, um, I think by then we're going to have kind of almost holographic images of one another projected. Like we're, we're, you know, we're, we're like at a great distance from each other right now. Goody's like sitting out in some like weird time warp zone where it's three hours earlier in the day. And like the rest of us are actually in a reasonable human time zone, like out on the East coast. Right. And so uh, we're literally cro- talking across time and space to Goody. And, but I, I mean it, I think we're going to have, um, like holographic projections of each other sitting around a table, which makes, a kind of a new version of a live draft. I think I think auctions are going to become the default because they're so superior to um, to to draft to like snake draft auctions, and so I, that's what I think is going to happen. I think because of the progress in technology, I think auctions, uh, which which really need like you to be in person or at least have a technology built for you, like we do with RSO. Um, I think those become the default. I think auctions are going to make make snake drafts go the way of the dinosaur in 10 years. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing on, on auctions. Um, I, th- I think also there's, I think commissioners are going to get smarter and, and stop doing like the kind of like the head to head format thing. And I think there'll be more teams that will get in the playoffs on total points or something else. I think that, you know, I, I think there's a push for it somewhere. And I think, you know, some the websites will just kind of adapt and, and make it easier for that to happen so that you don't have to, you know, tweak things to make that happen. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, next question we ask all of our folks that come on is draft or auction. I think we're all auction here, so we can probably just skip that one. Um, best ball has become pretty popular. I don't know if you guys play it or not, but um, it allows you to pretty much not set lineups throughout the year it basically puts the best quarterback in your lineup each week, the best running backs, the best flex, so on. Um, If you had a choice, would you like to play that sometimes? Would you like all your leagues to be that way and you wouldn't have to have those mid-season lineup decisions or would you never want to have that format? Uh, If you asked me five years ago, I would have said sometimes and I threw my hat in the ring for a few. But as I sat down and evaluated my own life and my own fantasy playing life, I I realized that I love the trading aspect too much to like like best ball. So I, I would opt never at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say never too, but for a little bit different reason. I think that the times that you pull rabbits out of the hat and, and win when maybe you got you have a bunch of guys on by or, or, or anything else are the ones that you tend to remember over time. And and for me, I, I, th- I think that if you're pl- if you're playing that, you know, best ball, like I, I don't know that you you necessarily get there so often. But like the times that, you know, like last year on, on our ride to 15 and 0 and, you know, that Superflex podcast league, Luke and I like were jokingly on a Thursday night talking about starting Nick Mullins 
not who now I refer to as the Wonder Boy. And and we were like, you know, this is totally crazy. What are we doing? And I think we had another option, but we were like, forget it. We're we're riding with Nick Mullins. And we will remember that. Well, because I have a steel trap memory, we'll remember that way longer than we would otherwise. But I, I think those are those are the those are the times in fantasy. Like everybody has those moments where something crazy happened and you you still won, even though you you know you were probably stressed out, you know, like crazy while it was going on. And so I, I think those moments are irreplaceable. So I, I'm gonna go ne- I'm gonna go never on best ball. Me personally I'm a sometimes guy. Um I don't mind having one or two that are that way just so it's you can kind of see how well especially if you do it early, set it, forget it. Um, I lean more towards never versus always. I like to trading and, and having to make hard lineup decisions and then getting mad at yourself 20 minutes into the one o'clock games because you realize you probably picked the wrong guy. Uh, so that's why I set them and don't look at them again because my wife gets mad because I just get annoyed. Uh, but I guess we'll go, what is the worst trade you've ever made that you're willing to admit on air? <laughs> This one is easy for me, gentlemen. So I got in a, my biggest name league, quote unquote, is a dynasty league with p- people like Rich Rebar and Sean Siegel. And I was, I got into it via dispersal draft and I ended up with Tyreek Hill on my team. Good. He can attest to this. Like I'm pretty consistent with like, there are certain players that I don't want to cheer for and I don't want on my team. So another new owner came to me and, and offered me Devante Freeman for Tyree Kill and I jumped at it and it was right before that moment in the season where Freeman went down with injury and then Tyree Kill went on to be a league winner and uh, so that was that was my worst trade for sure. So. I've been playing for a, I've been playing for a long time so I'm not, I'm not sure I know the answer to this but I'll I'll I'll, I'll talk about one I've made with Luke because I, I think this is where like process and outcome are I was very happy with the process and you know in hindsight the outcome really is stunk for me and I in the writers league um, a couple of years ago Luke and I Luke Luke was after my Melvin Gordon for a while and I think I franchise tagged him at like twenty three million or something like that a pretty good contracts because i think he had some injury deal the year before and so i signed him like one year eight million or something and luke was after him pretty persistently in that offseason i think post auction luke had grabbed like jay ajayi who was kind of the prize piece of the free agent running back pool and had and used Corey davis as 1.01 and so he offered me those two guys from melvin gordon i think a future first and i and i jumped at that and and i was happy of kind of i figuring like I, I figured Davis w- was going to pop by year two. And I, you know, that, I mean, I've since traded Davis. Ajay was injured for me last year and not, you know, someone who was just kind of a big salary cap piece. I couldn't move. Um, and, you know, Melvin Gordon was the top, top five running back. So I, I don't know if that was the specifically the worst trade I've ever made, but like in terms of outcome that, you know, and because Luke, you know, Luke and I are on the air or whatever, I, I, I that's one that kind of sticks out in my memory. Yeah. We all have those that are really tough to um, repeat, but I appreciate you guys sharing those at the safe space here. Um, so I guess <laughs> best tip for, um, you know, a lot of probably like a lot of first time fantasy players listening to the podcast. Um, so let's all go around the room and talk about, you know, a tip we'd give to a new time player. I guess I'll kick it off. And to me, there's so much information out there on Twitter podcasts. I think you have to find the voices that um, you guys talked a little bit about, like 
knowing the people to go to on receivers, uh, knowing the people to go to on running backs. Uh, I think kind of blocking out the noise, having your favorite people, trusting their analysis and kind of starting there would be a way to kind of narrow down all the noise because you can get weighed down with differing opinions across the whole internet. Um, how about you, Luke? Yeah, and building on that, so I, I like having those voices. I would, especially if you're doing auction, my advice to you would be have a list of those guys um, from whatever favorite voice you have, even if you're just taking the reins and then and then do the preparation ahead of time to attach contract dollar values to those people um, and based on what guys you want on your team, the guys that you want to play with. So that's, that's the thing. These are your, these are your players. Like you want to cheer for them and pick, be willing to throw more money at guys that you're more willing to have on their team. Um, for, for me, I think it's kind of a, you know, a, a trust your gut type deal. I, I think that you have to, you know, you take these voices, but ultimately like you make the decisions and you may waffle or go through, you know, many different iterations of these things. But at the end of the day, don't, you know, don't blame anyone else. It's, it's about like, you know, you. For me, I think it's don't be afraid. You know, it's a game. Have fun with it. Um, if you're starting out, I probably wouldn't say you're in a, you know, extremely heavy money league, but it's a game. Have fun. Uh, pull the trigger. Make those trades. Um, if it works out, figure out why it worked. If it didn't work, learn from your thing and kind of evaluate it from it. Uh, but I will toss this one. I guess we'll go good. I guess we'll go this one on this one first. Uh, what would be if we had to pick a favorite beverage? Okay, uh, I'll I'll give you two, I guess. Um, so I I mean I drink a lot of diet coke. I don't drink coffee. So if we're talking non-alcoholic, that hands down, it's it's that. And then sorry for the noise here for a second. Um, and then I think if we're if we're going beer, I mean Seattle's got a, a pretty good craft beer scene. I'm wearing my my buddy owns Lucky Envelope Brewing up here in the Ballard area. He has a very good Hellas Lager that I like. I, I tend to skew on the on the lighter stuff, so we'll we'll say that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm actually all in on the root beer. I love root beer, like any kind of, especially like if you go to a brewery that ever brews their own, if you go to a craft brewery that brews their own root beer, get in on that. That's outstanding stuff. That's that's my go-to. I agree 100% on the root beer. If you happen to be in Burley, Maryland and go to Burley Oak, which would be my probably personal favorite brewery uh, here on the East Coast, uh, they do their own root beer and it is quite fantastic. Uh, last question kind of round us out, cake or pie? Okay. All right, goody. Well, I mean, this one's not close for me. I'm all in on the cake. I, I really, I love it. And uh, I mean, if anything, my favorite cake might be cheesecake, though, which is amb ambiguous in its relationship with pie because it's in a pie plate. Like we could get into that. But yes, cake is for me. And I would also shout out uh, for you parents out there. Uh, go to Costco for the Costco cakes for your kid. They decorate it and it's cheap and the icing is out of this world. <laughs> Oh, you just hit on. I was gonna say, I was gonna say pie, but unless it's Costco cake. So there you go. Um, yeah. And Costco will be sponsoring Drew and David. <laughs> yeah, it's a great yeah. one there for Costco. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got to open the door now. Yeah. And that'll wrap things up for us today. I really want to thank you guys for coming on. Please check out their podcast, All About Reality. It covers pretty much every aspect of reality sports online leagues. It's an excellent resource for new and veteran RSO players. Uh, please follow them on Twitter. Follow Luke at FantasyDocOC. Follow Matt at MattGoody2 on Twitter. 
If you haven't checked out some of our earlier episodes, please go back and check them out. Episode one had Ryan McDowell of DLF. Episode two, Leo Pasiga. And episodes three and four were both of these guys. So I'm definitely off to a nice start here. Looking forward to getting back to a regular schedule and having on some of your favorites from the fantasy industry. Please like, rate, and subscribe. And uh, can't wait to catch you on the next podcast. Game over.